What's up, kickbackers? This is Sabrina with my girl Sharika and our brother EB, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of The Kickback. So I put my hands up, they're playing my <laughs> song, and the butterflies fly away. I'm not in my head like, yeah. Moving my hip. No, I'm probably not moving my hips. But yeah, y'all get the vibes. What's good? It's your boy EB, and I'm here with two of my favorite people, Sharika and Sabrina. And if you can't tell, man, it is a party in the USA. I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but I'm pretty sure some of it is a party in the USA. Maybe it's on CNN. Maybe it's on Fox. Maybe it's some of your favorite news pundits. Maybe it's people that you see shared in memes all around the world. Maybe it's your former or current or old adage, so to speak, favorite, famous or favorite basketball coach or who you think might be the greatest of all time. It's just a lot of things to discuss, but your boy is in a good move. I am feeling good. I am feeling great. Um, things are swell on my, I would say neck of the woods. Um, I don't know if people still say that, you know, but in my neck of the woods, on my block, on my streets, yes, that's what a K, not with a T. Um, things are good. And that's the song that I got for y'all today because well, people just get let, let go left and right. It seemed like it's a oh party. Oh, my God. Wait, that's, that's a party? <laughs> <laughs> it's a party for some. I don't know if it's a party for everybody, but it is a party for some. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I got. Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? <laughs> I will say I have joked with Sharika and my husband and our friends several times that one thing I'm going to do is be a survivor. If it comes to selling pictures of these feet, if it comes to dancing clothes on, no touching. But listen, I will never be down and out. Not as long as I live and breathe. Now, obviously, there are a lot of choices before that. And I don't want to knock anyone who has to make that choice. I was just laughing at a meme today of that song. What would you do if your son was at home (laughs) on the bedroom floor because he's hungry and the only way to feed him is to sleep with a man for a little bit of money because it's his daddy's home. I remember dancing to that song and feeling like it was such a jam, but I was like yesterday years old when I saw that mean video thing and thought, oh, this song is truly sad. It's terrible. It really is. <laughs> Listen, what would I do if that's gone? <laughs> I'm going right down to the Salvation Army <laughs> or right down to all the things. Those will be my first couple of choices before um sleeping with because his daddy's gone. But anyway, uh, as you can see, I'm also feeling good. My song is, uh, I think it's One Republic. Yeah, One Republic, Phil again. It's been a long time coming. Heart's still beating, but it's not working. But with you, I feel again. That's how I felt coming off of the high of this work trip. I would have talked about it more last week had I not been like throwing up from just exhaustion and dehydration. But as you can tell, I'm back to me. And I just had this vibe of new position, same me. Not new year, new me, but... I hadn't done anything in like the creative or event space for probably a year and a half because when I left my former job, I was like, I just need a break from it all. Like, I don't want to be involved in any way, shape or form. Forget my name. I'm a ghost. Like, just don't ask me to do anything. But and the Lord is funny. And in his way, I am right back in that space where I knew I would really always probably end up. And the event went really well and the feedback that I'm getting. So our CEO posted a picture. We were celebrating an anniversary. So I suggested that the whole company 
dress like the year we were celebrating and the ELT, our executive leadership team, they actually did it more than some of the colleagues. So she had her go-go boots and her 60s garb and we celebrated a colleague who had the longest year with our company, which is actually 63. We just turned 60. So she posted this on LinkedIn and so many comments were just like, this is the best town hall I've been to in 22 years, in 27 years. Thank you. And like just affirming the space that I'm in and what I'm doing. And I just felt so like almost to the point of tears, just thankful. Whereas two years ago, I was so bitter. I was so upset with the Lord. I was like, how dare you take my dreams and hopes away? Because one thing I'm not going to do is stay in this space with these people. Um, mm. But I was really sad to leave something that I really felt like was, as the kids say, my bag. So it's nice to not only be back in my bag, but in a space where like, I'm not fighting all the time and constantly feeling like, yeah, there's parts of the body and each parts matter, but mine doesn't. I'm constantly having to m remind people like it matters if you have a hand, you want a foot in the body, like my part matters, like Horton here's a who we are here, we are here. I don't feel like I have to scream and shout anymore. And that's just a really, really nice place to be. So I'm singing that song to myself with you, Sabrina, back doing the thing that you love that you ran away from because you were starting to become so bitter and like uh, unhappy with it. Like we're back in this space that you need to be and you're happy and that's good. That's really good. I feel again. Sharika, how are you feeling? I'm feeling so excited to hear how both you and Evie are doing so well. I'm doing good. Um, Y'all, I'm just here living life, holding on. Um, my song is uh, it's called Fearless by Jasmine Murray. And it says, I want to be fearless, no holding back, no backing down, fearless, because I believe that you're with me now. We're talking about the Lord. And, you know, you, you know, life comes at you fast and you, and things happen. And sometimes, you know, you feel like you, fear may grip you and may, may feel, make you feel like you're um, stuck. But with the Lord, we can be fearless. Look, I don't mean to come on here preaching, but, you know, that's, that's just the mood I'm in right now. But that's really my vibe. I want to be fearless. I just want to be out here doing what the Lord calls me to do. And uh, I don't want to be held back from, and I'm not backing down. That's my body. And that's my my um, tip today is uh, 83. And I was so excited, Sabrina, uh, for you and how your event went. And I was so happy to hear how everything turned out. I mean, I had no doubts in you, but I was just <laughs> like, I'm so happy that, you know, everything went so well because I know you worked so hard on it. And I'm glad that so many people were excited and touched by all the hard work you did. Thank you, friend. Um, that that means a lot. And I too am glad. And it's interesting because I can talk about it freely with you and Evie, maybe because I know you all. And I've, I've, I'm learning that I'm a guarded person. <laughs> Y'all already knew that about me. But afterwards, when we were sitting around with the coworkers and they were like trying to talk to me, I am so socially awkward. And even though Evie's like, no, you're not. You just have your own people. Evie, trust me, I am. Especially when I don't know people. So I just, first of all, didn't want to be at the dinner, but you know, people love to kiki. I didn't want to really be in conversation. And if people are especially are like congratulating me on something, it feels very awkward. I can take it from you and Evie because you know me and I feel like I put in my time and it feels genuine. But then I'm like, this is only one event. Like we're just getting started. 
Um, so <laughs> it, I say all that to say it means a lot coming from you, Sharika, because you know me and I hope I can get there with my colleagues as well. Girl, this is one event and look at how you showed out. That's what they're saying. <laughs> the best, the better is yet, yet to come. They're like, this is your first event and you killed it. And now, we, so, you know, the expectations are not like they have more to, you know, what you bring to the table is more to come and spend with more in store. I am interested in you and Evie's opinion on this. Well, I guess two things. One, I just want to encourage people and listeners, um, young, middle-aged, older, like you will be surprised at what opportunities are out there for you because I just never thought about corporate events being something I'd ever be in. I never heard that being pitched as like, oh, when you grow up, you can be in corporate events, even though in my department, I'm actually in internal communications. But what I do is like the CEO's company town halls, which is like a main event. So I work a lot with those who are in corporate events, but I could see myself being in both spaces. But there are so many things like that that I'm seeing just within my company as I get to know colleagues hearing about their careers. I'm like, wow, never feel like you are in a corner and this is the one thing and that's all you can do because there's a lot of opportunities out there. Second, I'm interested in how you and EB process like success. I think it was Will Smith who had like this great uh, motivational tidbit about it's not so much the something about like fear being like your greatest asset to success because once you're on the other side of it and you see there's nothing really to be afraid of, I'm totally butchering what he said. It was much more inspiring than what I'm just saying. For me, I think part of the reason I shy away from like accolades from people, especially when they don't know me or even when they do to a certain extent is because I'm thinking like the higher you go, the more room you have to fall. Let's just not talk about it. Let's focus on the learnings. Let's just focus on the actual thing and continue to make it better. But let's not focus on one single person because we're all human. So I think a part of me just has that fear of like, don't hype me up because we don't know. I say this every time and I mean it from the bottom of the, my heart. Like it literally comes from the Lord. So if the Holy Spirit was ever to neglect me, I just would be without oh. anything because that creativity like. I can't tell you how many times like I was right up against the wall, not because of procrastination, but because with creativity, yeah, sure. Especially if you're getting paid for it. Um, there is like a timeline or whatever, but a lot of times it's not, it doesn't work that way. Either you're inspired or you're not. So I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, please never leave me. Continue to inspire me and give me, you know, the space to have these moments and put them um, through to fruition successfully, because if I didn't have you, I couldn't do it. But EB or Sharika, do you, have you ever felt that way in your life, whether it's with your career or any other area where you're like, oh, I don't want to get hyped up too much because what if I fail? Yeah, I would say for me, definitely have had some of those moments. Um, I would say mainly, uh, I want to say, I guess kind of in the job that I'm in currently, um, where you have just a different type of encouragement and feedback. And I think some of the stuff that I see, or I say to you, um, Sabrina, I see myself in that same way. And I think that's probably why I'd be like, hey, no, like, you know, I can't be this way because I don't see that internally of like taking these compliments or being socially awkward, even though I don't feel like necessarily socially awkward. I think I'm a definitely a people going person I can engage with anybody. But like when I hear certain things about myself or when you get compliments of like, you're the best person for this job. And then I look around, I'm like, you know, I mean, other people better than me. Like it's people who I look up to or it's people who I 
in a sense, borrow or steal things from. And it's like, there's other people you can reach out to who are what I would seem as more competent or more creative or more their character, their character in a sense, not character as in good behavior or integrity, but character as in who they are, their personality, I guess that would probably be the better terminology. Their personality is more fitting for that role or that team. And then other days I sit here and be like, and God really gifted me with just the spirit of discernment to know different things or the spirit of wisdom to how to engage people or how to say the right things at the right time or to be obedient, um, to listen to his voice in the things that I, I guess I'll say spew out into the world, whether it be face to face with individual, whether it be in team setting or group settings or whether it be on social media. And so I definitely get that sense of how challenging it can be sometimes of like hyping yourself up because then you also just, you know, naturally want to be humble as possible. But like, you know, if if you find yourself boasting and you're boasting in what the Lord is doing in and through you, then you're good. It's when, you know, not you specifically, but just in general, especially for our listeners, when you get to a point where you begin boasting in who you are and in your flesh at the things that you're able to accomplish without um, and sometimes we do it without even noticing it, but without giving a sense of acknowledgement to who God is in and through your life and him leading you to those spaces or into those rooms to have those conversations with the right people or to surround yourself with the right friends who give you opportunities that you would have never thought of um, in your own self. And just even as we talk about some of what we talked about and I think um, Sabrina highlight noted or highlighted a little bit of like being at a place where it's just like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what the next chapter is, but God, I'm trusting you in all of that. And I was just talking to Sharika and another friend, Kim, about this of like, you have to go where you're celebrated and not where you're tolerated. And so often people stay in roles and positions and places and spaces where people just tolerate them. And they get to a point where you become content and complacent with people tolerating you. And so I say this to myself often. That's why your boy is always looking for a job. And I'll say it on the podcast because people listen to this podcast and it's a public platform. I truly feel like God is calling me to do what I'm doing now. But, you know, if another door opens and there have been doors that have been there. But then when I pray over it, it has been shut. So I'll close with this. As you continue to seek God, trust me, God will open up doors and you will find a new sense of peace in him if he deems it fit for him to open that door. But if you see him continuing to close certain doors, then it might be something as simple as tweak your resume and your resume is trash. Or it might be as something as, I guess, larger than that, where God is calling you to be where you're at and to be a light in and through that. So just try your best to continue to speak high on the name of Jesus and let him continue to lead you in all that you do. So go where you're celebrated, not where you're celebrated. That's a word right there. I feel like I can identify somewhat with what you're saying. And then also my love language is words of affirmation. So like people saying positive things to me, I do appreciate that, but I'm also the type of person who really really feels, especially when I used to have to speak more, you know, on a regular basis, it was only by the grace of God that I made it through or that I could do. Not that I didn't have the confidence in myself. There were like, I had those backs against the wall, like, well, here we go. I don't know how this is going to turn out moment. Just be like, all right, Lord, you got it. Cause I don't, you know, I definitely feel very much so totally reliant and dependent on the Holy Spirit and the Lord to work it out or to figure it out or help me through it. Um, but I do appreciate when people do celebrate something that I might have done. 
like I think I've talked about this before, like for me to feel actually proud of myself or celebrate myself, I think those moments would mean more to me, not necessarily what other people are saying, as much as I, I like words of affirmation, it's nothing more, I guess, exciting or, you know, when you be like, Lord, we really did this, like we got out of this, or you helped me through this, or you like helped me overcome my fear and was helped me to be able to stand up there and say this or to do this or to do that. Like, or those moments where you're like, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do this without you or for you and the Lord to celebrate victories. And you're like, Lord, for real, you really showed up and you really like, you really did your thing right here. So I think those moments are um, more exciting than the moments that other people celebrate you. This sad to say, but most of the time I'm like, okay, whatever. It doesn't really mean that much to me because I, like I said, I haven't had those moments where I was like, I really overcame much, really have a relationship with the Lord. You know that nothing is done in your own strength. And the Lord can and will humble you real quick when you start to think that you are bigger and better and better than you really thought you were. You can think you have all your stuff together and there's things out of your control that you can't, you don't even know that's coming your way. Sometimes I can feel like you see people feel take, they begin to be taken for granted because people just expect, 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 expect. Um, so I like when people at least acknowledge the dedication or hard work or whatever it is that somebody did because it, it, it shows me that they're not taking that person for granted. Thanks for going on the little side tangent. Speaking of people being taken for granted, shall we talk about if that is the case with Fox News and Tucker Carlson? I will admit I have never sat down and watched, I believe his show is an hour and it happens in the evening, but I have seen enough clips of his show to know that it's definitely not my vibe. I did listen to uh, Ben Shapira. Yes, I did listen to his podcast specifically about Tucker Carlson's breakup with Fox News because I wanted to hear what people who are really more so fans of him. Now, Ben claims he's not. He disagrees with Tucker on a lot of things. But then he also said he's one of the best news pundits of all time. And he'll go on to be very successful. And he really didn't see a problem with a lot of the I would consider hate that Tucker was spewing out there. I saw clips where white supremacists were like, yes, we love watching this. This reaffirms everything we've been trying to say. So I'm like, oh, it's very cringe. There are rumors that they're departing with him because of what is going on with the lawsuit that went against them from the voting company that said, hey, y'all were saying that we were cheating and we weren't. So go ahead. You can run that. I believe 800 million to us the most a news a corporation has ever had to pay out they said they want to separate with tucker maybe because of the stuff tucker was saying about trump and the news trying to say secretly like on the news he'd be like oh trump's the best but then secretly he was like i actually hate him and i can't wait until we can stop talking about him so mm. fox is like you're making us look bad you're making us look uh wishy-washy which perhaps they are there are all these reasons but before i even speak more on it E.B. Sharika, did you hear about this? What are your thoughts? Have you ever seen a full Tucker Carlson show? I've heard the name. I have not seen much of anything uh, that he has done. Uh, or if I've seen it, I didn't recognize that that was him saying or doing whatever it was. Um, I have heard basically some what you shared. Listen, I don't feel bad for him at all. I'm sure he will be just fine. 
I mean, I don't know if he's wrong or not, because in the sense of like, you know, you're on this network, they have their agenda, you got a job to do. Is it, I don't know for him, I don't know what his morals or what his, his um, compass in life states for him to do. Some people feel like, hey, you go there, you play the game, you do what you got to do. And you may feel differently, but they don't want you to feel differently. So this is what you say, because this is what they want to hear. And this is what they're paying you to say, essentially. Um, for him, I guess, he felt like that was okay to do. Um, I don't know. I don't feel bad for this man at all. I just feel like, I'm sure you'll be fine, sir. You made plenty of money, and you, I'm sure we'll find a way to continue to do the such. So, you know, people be people in. Yeah, so I definitely heard about it. Um, definitely have seen many occasions on watching Tucker Carlson. And part of it was just simply just to see just the varying views within our country. And more specifically for myself, it was because part of me want to say people who I disagree with within my church. But then when I read the Bible, these people aren't essentially part of my church. We might attend the same space, but biblically, like... Our beliefs are not the same and they're not founded in who Jesus is um, because God says, like, you'll know they are my disciples by the fruit that they bear, by the people that they love, by the things that they do. Like, in a sense, you'll experience what I experience. The people who dive into what I dive into, the people who love on the unlovable, those who interact with people like that's who are my people. And we look at it even more intensely in scripture where people come to Jesus like, hey, you know, your mama out here, your brother out here, your people's out here. And then Jesus hit them with a, uh, my mama, my daddy, my people are the people who are doing the will of my father. So like even my blood might not be my blood if they not locked in on what God is telling me to be locked in on. So I know we, you know, and that'll be more of a conversation that I would enjoy to have with a person offline, off the podcast, in person or over the phone or FaceTime or Teams or something along those lines. But it's like, yes, we might attend the same place or building of worship, but I can't necessarily say we are part of the same church because the church are the people. And I'm not sure if God would consider some of these people his people by the things that they do. So for me, I look at these varying views around our world, whether it's CNN, whether it's Fox, whether it's NBC, MSNBC, um, just stuff that um, uh, like headline news, like whatever, it, uh, BBC, I'm here to watch it all just to see how people interact. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that he got the friendly tap. Um, but it's also interesting because you would have somebody like a Tucker Carlson, and I'm not sure if we'll dive into it, but a Don Lemon who um, typically would, you know, go back, back, back and forth with each other, even though they have varying shows at different yeah. times and all that stuff. But they'll use clips or sound bites from each other's shows to poke at one another or challenge um, each other's arguments. But guess what? They kind of just teamed up with each other. They teamed up by being two long tenured employees of major networks to get let go. But they also have hired the same lawyer because oh. the lawyer that they have hired is somebody who is very famous. He's like one of the top ones in Hollywood. He is working on getting, I think his name is Chris Cuomo, 125 million from CNN. He helped Megyn Kelly get a whole bunch of money out of her um, deal with NBC when she got whatever situation she had. He helped. Michael Jackson and people get a hundred million or so from, I think HBO from a documentary. Some like, so he is like the top guy and a whole bunch of long list of other people who he's helped. So he's the Johnny Cochran, so to speak, you know, major, major people or rich folks um, who need a lawyer. They calling him 
So it's funny that it's like, hey, as much as we dislike each other, we got to go to the same source of need um, in this attorney who likely will help us navigate these, what some would say is challenging times ahead for them. But guess what? As much as you love Donald Trump, or at least you used to, because I think you're beefing with him now, he had a famous line for a lot of people. And he would say, you're fired. <laughs> It'll drive me crazy on the apprentice because I'm like, Bro, like you mean to tell me you brought these people on national television. Now, granted, now as I get older, it's like it's tape. These people know this. This, you know, it's a storyline behind it. But it's like the family watching it or those who they couldn't discuss the show with, you don't know what's happening. And you're into these episodes, like who's going to be that next person? And it's like you just get fired on national television. Well, guess what, bro? You just got fired and everybody know about it. I don't want to, I guess, go at your demise because I don't know all the ins and outs, but it really sucks when you begin to degrade people and things just don't work out for you. God bless you, sir. Like with all the stuff that Donald Trump has done, I totally forgot about that show because it's like buried under all the rest of his stuff. But I have a question. You're a news pundit. You get hired onto whoever, whatever news outlet, and they have their agenda that they want to push. If it is not, not your views or whatever, do you think, is it an integrity thing to just go, you know, basically like, hey, I'm here to do the job? And then you do your job or are you supposed to be like, I quit? Like, what do y'all think? I'm going to send that question back to you and say, in your job, the actions you take, are they always a reflection of your heart or are they a reflection of your leadership, your responsibilities Mm -hmm. and a reflection of the fact that you had bills to pay? Because I know there have been plenty of times um, and I'm thinking I've always worked. So plenty of times I was carrying out quote unquote orders and they weren't a reflection of my heart. They were a reflection of the organization or the company. So do we put a higher standard on the news pundits? Because with communications and news, there is a sense of integrity and a sense of, and our job, we impact the masses in a way that could be harmful or in a way that could be inspiring. So we should act accordingly. But then I'm like, well, why are they expected to act any different than myself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Evie and Shriek, I'm curious. I agree. And, that, and my other thing is too, is like, um, this is the sad part about the news and how the news has not, it's been so um, political in the sense of like, you don't just, we've, we've talked on here about how like everyone has their own agenda. Then it's not just about like the news and just sharing the facts of the story. Everybody wants to sway the audience to believe or to vote or to support this their idea instead of just being like, here are the facts you guys take from it what you will and inform your own intelligent uh opinions it's more so believe this this is what we you should believe this is right that is wrong so i think that is kind of sucky for those who maybe you went into the field wanting to you know report and share the news and now it seems to be something that i don't think it was originally supposed to be Yeah, so I would say definitely um, there have been moments where, you know, don't fully agree with leadership's decision or way of conducting um, 
things, whether it be ministry, whether it be discipleship, whether it be programming, whether it be scheduling, whether it be the way we talk to people, whether that be in tone or actual verbiage or just different things. And you kind of just roll with it and deal with it because of just the way things are. Um, I can say that now being in a different place where I challenge um, leadership and some would even question it as authority a little more than I used to. And now, so it's just like, I have to do what I feel is best um, within my relationship with God and not necessarily going by um, how others may perceive it or respond to it. I try to tell people, one of the things you want to challenge yourself to is to, um, you know, basically to be obedient to God and not compromise for the sake of man. Like man will be man. Like, it's flawed. It's been flawed from the very beginning and it'll be flawed until Jesus returns. Um, so I try my best to challenge it that way. And I definitely think there are some people who are on news or sports shows or like entertainment world period who do things that are probably not aligned to their core values of who they are as an individual. But because um, as Sabrina had mentioned, like it's the job and it pays the bills. It's like you sacrifice some of those things you sacrifice some of your core values and some of your character stressors or challenges that you may have for the sake of making sure you make ends meet and making sure that, you know, family is fed, bills are paid, houses over your head, think the nice things that you enjoy are taken care of and all is well in your world. And we don't always typically see that. Now, you also see some people who challenge authority oftentimes and say, no, I had to leave that job where I had to leave that place where I had to leave that space where I had to leave that relationship because of X, Y, and Z. And I tried, or I thought I could be the one to help them change, or I thought I could be the one to help him or her do something differently. And it did not happen that way. So you definitely see it. And um, it's definitely an unfortunate situation, but Hey, I would say, don't, don't put your character um, or your integrity on the line for the sake of other people. I would agree with Evie. I know I started with a diplomatic response, Sharika, mm -hmm. but I think when it comes to myself personally, that mm -hmm. is the standard that I have for myself. And it's part of the reason I was so uncomfortable in what I would describe was my dream job because it did get to the point where I'm like, this is indirect. I, it was to the point I remember saying to leaders, if this is what Christianity is to y'all, then don't call me a Christian. You can just call me something different because there was such a divide in the direction that they were going and the direction I felt the Lord was leading me that I, the Holy Spirit just made me so uncomfortable. I was like, this sucks, but I cannot stay here. And I would rather, and you remember Sharika and me talking about all the things I'd rather do. I remember telling a coworker at, at the time, his office was next to mine. And I was like, Daryl, I will be homeless before I continue working here and he was like you're so dramatic like you won't be homeless and he's right like it wasn't that serious but for me at that moment it felt that way I was like I don't care I will not be here and I because of that I feel like I couldn't do what Tucker did I mm. couldn't be up there saying oh the election was a lie and then I'm texting my friends now y'all we know this wasn't a lie <laughs> But then again, I don't know what kind of like, I don't know the pressures he's under. I don't even yeah. know if he has a wife. I don't know if he has kids. I don't know. For some people, a job really is a job and they don't care about any of that. But for me, mm -hmm. I feel like it would have made me so uncomfortable to be living a double life, saying one thing, but then telling my friends something else. So maybe 
as Dave Ramsey says, people call in and they've been like, oh, I've been fired. He's like, good for you. What a blessing. <laughs> He's like, when you've been fired, you usually find something better or you usually end up making more money or whatever. I can easy for you to say, Dave, you have a very uh, comfortable mm-hmm. neck. But maybe there's some truth to that. And maybe it's that way for Tucker. I feel annoyed to say that because I really don't wish him well because of the things that he's put out into the atmosphere. Uh, But maybe, maybe that is the case. Maybe he's thankful secretly. Who knows? But I'm sure, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure he'll be fine. And like, oh, I don't want people to think, like my husband, a job is a job, but he does have standards and morals. He's not out here going whatever. But for me, I'm more emotionally connected to things and when they don't agree with my spirit I do be like I gotta get out of here I can't take this anymore I can't do this anymore I am I so I understand you Sabrina because I I don't know if I could be on some especially a public platform every day telling people something that I didn't agree with and I didn't believe like I just don't think I could do that Um, but I also I'm sure Tucker Carlson was making um, millions of dollars to do that. Um, not that money is everything, but to some people it is. And sometimes the money outweighs what, you know, the morals or whatever. But, but you know, the, I think everyone, I think you should have a line and you should have your standards. And if, you know, if you really don't, can't stand somebody, I don't see myself going on there being like, Trump is amazing. Vote for him. When I'm like, this guy's terrible. I hate him. Like, I just couldn't. I can't imagine that. I'd like to think I would have the integrity to stay mm-hmm. the same that I am right now. But when we're talking $20 million mm-hmm. a year, maybe I'll be like, nah. <laughs> there are good people on both sides. I know. I'm like, the Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows my heart. <laughs> Uh, Evie, does the Lord know your heart? Or are you going to let the people know your heart? <laughs> I'm saying the Lord knows my heart and the people will see my heart in some way, shape or form. And they're going to be able to judge how they want to. But I would say the thing I can say about Tucker Carlson, and this is not to defend him in any way. Um, if you go watch and I'm not telling, well, if you want to go watch and go do what you want, most of the people who listen to our podcast are grown. Um, but you have the opportunity to see some of his tweaks where around about 20 14, 2015 ish. And then three or four years, he seemed to be on this like one track mind of like, kind of like, you know, as if he was in like a, a, a think tank with a group of people and they all thought the same thing and they pushed forward. And then around like uh, 2019, 2020 seemed to have a different shift in the way he communicated with the masses, with the world, where he would be a little more either assertive in his stance and disagree with his peers on certain issues that you would think that they would just agree with each other. And you could see sometimes the tension and the frustration as if they would look like him, like, are you crazy? Like, how could you think that? Like, like we're in this together. Like, I don't know all the details of how these things work, but it's like some of the visuals that you would see, some of the facial expressions, I guess that's a better word. Some of the facial expressions would be like, we just had a meeting backstage. Like we had a table read of how we were gonna come out and you just changed it all in front of everybody in the world, like on live television, like, what are you doing? Now, that's not the words that came out, but when you see it, you just, as if somebody just crossed the family. And so it seems like it was somewhat of a pattern or at least a trend of, I don't know if it's changing. I don't know if it's transformation. I don't know if it's thought process. I don't know if it's family. I don't know if it's his morals, values, integrity, 
whatever it may be, but something was shifting in his thought processes that helped him communicate things differently than where he was a few years ago. So um, all that to say is sometimes people change and sometimes, you know, the money probably was good at the beginning. And then, you know, God starts speaking to you, you know, or your family starts speaking to you and just like, we can't rock with you because that's not who you are. Like, what are you doing? Like you're embarrassing, you're embarrassing us. Like it's not even just you anymore. It's us who's being impacted or affected by the way that you live your life. And then that becomes sometimes for some people a way or a marker to be like, okay, I really got to switch it up or I really need to change. Like, this is not it. This is not the way I should live my life. And what about our friend Don? Well, I don't know if he's my friend. I'll be honest. I've never seen a full segment of Don either. Mm -hmm. So people are listening like, oh, Sabrina just hates the right. I'm actually moderate. I'm very much, which is, you know, the Lord hates the lukewarm. So not when it comes to my faith, but when it comes to politics, I believe there's trash on both sides. (laughs) And I usually have things that I feel like would benefit our society that come from both schools of thought. That being said, in this Trump era, I was definitely like, whatever they are, I'm definitely not that. I'm far from from that. Um, That being said, I guess Don would be considered the left, maybe even the far left. What he did wrong. I'm usually rooting for everybody black. I've seen clips of him on like the New Year's Eve thing. He seemed mm-hmm. like a fun time. I heard that he was talking about women not being in their prime when they were past a certain age. And I'm so used to men saying stupid stuff when it comes to women that I just kind of was like, nah, what do y'all know of Don and this firing? Because Don went on Twitter and was like, I didn't even know that this was happening. Shady McGrady. And then his own news organization that he was with, I believe, for 17 years said, uh, this is actually not facts. We asked Don to come up, you know, to the top floor, have the conversation. And he decided to go on Twitter instead. So is this consistent with what y'all know of Don? Like, help a sister out. So the biggest thing is um, whether it be on air, off air, behind closed door in your home, because sometimes you hear people say like, well, he said it in his home or he said it at work or he said it on TV. And this is not just Don Lemon, but just in general, different situations that we've seen to be somewhat magnified um, or under the microscope over the past five to a decade or so. I'll say the past decade where certain issues would just arise and you'd be like, did they really say that? And then others will try to defend him. Like, well, he said it at home. It's not like he said it at work. It's not like he said it in public. Like, I don't care. Like who you are will always reveal itself. And if it's true that he had a sense of, um, I guess you could say misogynistic behavior or, or a mistreatment towards women or men or any person for that matter, then he should be held accountable just like we would hope as far as in the world, I would hope people would want everybody to feel or be held accountable. Now, I did see some of the stuff of what Sabrina just mentioned of like, no, we wanted to have a conversation with him. He refused and this is how it happened. Then I also see with like, oh, well, they decided, the network decided to talk to the agent instead of talking to him. And like, in my mind, that doesn't necessarily matter because if I'm talking business with you, you're likely going to tell me to talk to your agent and not to talk to you about your contract details. So for me, it's up to whoever that that person, which sucks, but it's up to that person who's in leadership or in that position of authority. Like if I'm going to talk to your agent to fire you, I'm going to talk to your agent to fire you. If I'm going to talk to you to fire you, I'm going to talk to you. But if I try to reach out to you and you refuse, then I'm going to go to the person who I know who is connected to you. Hey, tell your client, don't come to work no more. We done. Okay. Like, and that's where it's at now. 
I'm I, like, because you see one side, then you see the other, then you're like, okay, which side is true? Then you see some statements of the agent saying like, we're just going to handle this in-house. And you're like, okay, so you're not even listening to your agent because if the agent's saying we're going to handle it in-house, but you on Twitter going crazy. And I'm saying crazy as in sharing or venting, expressing your emotions of like, I oh, have 17 years, this company or this network didn't have the decency. Well, you just realized that like 17 years and this is how you figure out that a, a network is probably decent or not. Like, that's hard for me to believe. I'm pretty sure you've seen enough stuff or enough shady dealings in any organization or any business or any network for 17 years where you would be able to see maybe some character flaws in the way things are handled. And sometimes people get a little more naturally, um, people get more impacted by it when it affects them directly. And that's not what we're called to do. Like, yes, it naturally will sting us more. But when you see the bad thing happening to your person, to your left, to the right, to in front of you, behind you, like hopefully you get that same sting in your spirit as well. Um, and I won't speak on everybody's situation, but and I don't think she'll dive into it in this episode, at least. But that's some of the same situations where I would think, you know, our sister Sabrina had where it, it wasn't always her, but it was cert sometimes certain things that impacted people within an organization or people who she had the privilege of having a relationship with ministering to and seeing the way that they were treated and be like, OK, so if this is how you treating them, this is likely how I'll be treated if I was in that same position. And this is not just fit for me. And I'm hearing an audible voice from God saying your season is up here and that's OK. Um, so, Don, same thing I said about Tucker. You got fired, bro. Your season is up at CNN. Like you and Tucker will be okay. Like Sharika said, y'all gonna land on y'all feet. Y'all gonna be all right. Y'all got enough M's. Like, just think about it. I don't like talking about people's pockets and how people make money and what people do. But think about everybody who's listening. Think about what you do for work. Hopefully we pass April 15th, 16th, 17th, whatever day it was, you filed your taxes. Think about how much you made all of 2022 for all the work you did. Now think about a network paying you 15 to 20 million to talk on TV, typically for an hour a day, um, five times a week, where you're probably not the one, I would say probably, but it's a good chance you're not the one getting the, or racking up all of the news stories where there's a team of people who are typing stuff up on a teleprompter and you're helping facilitate a conversation for an hour a day. And you're getting paid 15 to 20, sometimes 30, 40 million dollars, or you're getting book deals of excess five to 10 million dollars to write a book where somebody is helping you write that book. It's like, I, you know, I want to sympathize with people who lose their jobs, but this ain't this ain't one of those. Like I sympathize with the person, the, the the single parent at McDonald's who had a irate customer and they responded in probably not the most professional way and they lost their job. And now they're trying to figure out how to feed their family or how to keep a roof over their head. These people who making 15, 20, 30 million dollars. They gonna be alright. Like they they not hurting in this world today. So sucks to be them. Yeah, um, I I'm disappointed to hear about the misogyny and all the negative. But I thought he was well. Maybe he's for the people, but not for the not for the women. I don't know. So I um I was like when I first heard that he got um like I was like dang. But then I was listening. What I've heard is like he was you know, uh very uh misogynistic and you know it was pre pre uh, presenting diva-like behavior and uh, to me the diva-like behavior I don't really doesn't really bother me because I feel like diva-like behavior is only accepted if it's tolerated like if y'all aren't feeding into it so that doesn't make me feel any type of way unless you're like throwing your phone at people or like Naomi Campbelling it like no but like if you're just being like I want this I want that okay 
I don't care. But if you're over there, you know, giving the ladies a hard time, harassing them, all these things, come on, Don. Come on, Don. I was disappointed to hear I that. Also was say, oh, I was saying this will be the last one because he did say something about, I think it was Nikki Haley. Um, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, about her being past her prime and some people saw it as sexist comments and all of that. I would love to know, and not that I truly care um and i say truly care as in like dang that sucks that it happened to you know a female or it happened to a woman in our world or it happened to a person but like i would love to know like i would have to go go back and watch that was he saying she was not in her prime because he doesn't see her as a potential president in our, in our country was past her prime she's not in her prime because of her looks or her personality i have not seen the clip so this is just our first take of me hearing um sabrina say something about it and they're mean like rem reminiscing about like what was that oh that was about her and it's just like what was he saying is she not in her prime as in her political career of like no like we see what we just had with trump we see what we currently got with biden like we don't need something else that's taking us down this 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 i guess landslide like give give me something more give me a give me a give me a baraka somebody give me a young and energetic bill give me somebody who might not be the most articulate or intellectual individual but at least somewhat humorous and somewhat active in a george um bush like maybe it was that i don't know like because i can say i can look at joe and be like he's not in his prime but i don't think that's me being sexist in any way like he's way past his prime the man is declining he looked like he got dementia he's falling every day like we need a new president and it's just not him and it ain't trump either and i don't know who it is because i look at both i look at both sides I look at both yeah. sides and I see no hope for 2024. Uh -huh. um, none at all. And I know some none. will say, well, look, he, uh, Joe is the one who ruined this country. This country been ruined. This country been ruined mm -hmm. since 776, 1776. Stop saying that it was like, it started declining in the past year or the past decade. Or for some, you might say it was Trump. For some, it might say it was Bush. Some might say Obama. Some might say Clinton. Some might say Reagan. Some might say Ford. Some might say Nixon. Some might say Kennedy. Some might say Johnson. We can go on it. Like since 1776, this country been backwards. Like, like we had slavery, we had genocides, we had wars about people owning other people. Like this world ain't never been right. We had Jim Crow, we had red lighting, we still got racism, we got police brutality, we got slave patrols, whatever you want to call it. Like we can do a history list, lit, history lesson on our lovely country, and this country has always been backwards. It ain't never been right. It's always been some form of oppression happening. Now, for some people, have there been better times than others? Yeah, probably for you and most people who would look at it that way probably was on the side of the oppressor. But this country has always been a struggle and it comes down to how much are you willing to struggle? And that's always the question, um, but it's been trash and it's probably gonna always be trash, like I said earlier, until Jesus come back. But like, I, I would love to know in his mind, even though I know I can never put myself in Don Lemon's mind, but when he said she's not in her prime or she's past her prime, was he talking about her hopefulness to be the next president of the United States or was he actually being a sexist and talking about her looks and her yeah. her I guess physique and all of that and if that's the case then you trash for that and um I hope you and your boyfriend <laughs> or husband will I don't know see I don't I did hear that about her pastor prime that didn't bother me but they were saying like they had like Soledad O'Brien O'Brien Soledad whatever name and different people that have worked with him and their experiences working with him and how they, he treated them in meetings and things like that. I'm like, I, the pastor prime don't really bother me because sometimes people are past their prime. And that's just the fact. I wouldn't say that to someone, but 
that's not the worst thing that I've heard, but if you're like just harassing people in the workplace or making it more difficult or just treating them terrible, um, females um, in the workplace, I'm not for that, Don. Just not for that. Nobody should be treating anybody terrible in the workplace, period. But um, yeah. in or out of the workplace. That part. Too. <laughs> I, right. I, I do want to circle out back to what Amy was saying about our our country. Actually, I love America. God bless America. Born in the USA, all the things, land of the free, home of the brave. We do have issues, um, but I still would rather deal with the issues here than somewhere else. It's kind of like I can talk about my sibling, but if you do, we're going to fight. You might win. That's all right. But you're going to know how I feel um, about it. I am curious, though, how you guys are processing Phil Jackson's recent statements, because something EB said did stand out strong to me. He said, if you're feeling like everything's just flowers, sunshines, and kittens, it's probably because you were on the side of the oppressor. You may look like the oppressor. Now, I am re-watching The Last Dance because my husband, he got a pair of Jordans, and I said, you're not worthy to wear them unless you see all of The Last Dance. So we have two more Let's episodes. go. <laughs> we uh, have two more episodes, and I am just falling in love with Michael Jordan's athleticism and leadership all over again and Phil Jackson's. He's an incredible coach. And then he went on to do excellent things with the Lakers. And when they talked about him as a leader, when Dennis Rodman talks about him, he said, you know, he wasn't just a coach. It was clear he cared about me. He was a friend. And I think he gave that energy to all of his athletes, which I respect. And so I'm like, man, Phil Jackson. Yes. And then no sooner than I can like be so happy and be talking about this incredible leader with my husband than I see something in the headlines this morning that Phil Jackson was uncomfortable with the stance that the NBA took in the height of the Black Lives Matter movement when the players had things like justice and social um, quality on the back of their jerseys. He was in the room with his grandchildren and he was like, oh, look, Justice just made a free throw or there's social equality making a dunk. And they thought it was funny, but he's like, I just don't feel like I can watch it anymore. It's too political. And it goes back. And I try to have this conversation with my father-in-law during that time too, because they were talking about like the kneeling and the football. And it is very easy for people who aren't threatened by police brutality, who don't have to worry about such things to be like, man, you're ruining our good time. And that's the whole point, Phil, because it's not a good time for everybody. And for somebody who has coached and been so close to so many people of color, it's heartbreaking to me that he can still be so tone deaf. But then I look at people in my church and I'm like, well, you know, the shoe fits where, you know, these people who are close to me and who can equally be so tone deaf because what I got from this is these same people will say things like they need to not protest, like stop with the protest in the street. Okay. Don't talk about it at work. Don't talk about it from the pulpit. Thank God during that time I had a pastor who did talk about it from the pulpit in a biblical way. And even then I still stepped away from the church. I never stepped away from God and I never will, but I stepped away from that body because of what EB said, I was like, this is not my church. <laughs> I don't know who these people are, but they're not my church. So when can it be talked about? I know it's in this, this stage of where you're supposed to have fun and just be about the sport. But guess what? The people in the sport are in danger. 
Mm-hmm. I felt, I remember a cop stopped me because I had my bike rack on my car and it was like eight something at night. It was during that time. And I was like shaking and terrified. And I called my husband and, you know, we <laughs> had to talk about this later because I was like maybe three minutes from my house. And he's like, you're fine. I was like, Doug, get over here right now. He's like, you're fine. I don't need to. And I needed him to understand later why I had such fear. And next time I say, come, I don't need the conversation. I just need you to come. Because I'm like, if I get shot and killed or something, I need a witness. I need you to be there for me. So I was saddened by Phil Jackson's statement. And I'm curious, do y'all think I'm being dramatic? Do you feel like, I get where he's coming from. That's annoying. Do you think you would have been kicking with the grandkids when he's like, oh, equality is doing this on the court? I think, you know, it just comes back to the, you know what, this doesn't really affect me, so I don't really care about it. So that's, I feel like that's his, he's like, I just am here for the good time. I want to see the sport. I don't care about the politics, but it's like, as you were saying, it's not about that. It's about literally people's lives. And um, I feel like it's important for like if, you know, if somebody's going through something and I can't relate or I don't understand, if I care about them, I don't care if I understand. I'm with them. Like, I'm like, hey, if you're being treated bad on the job, I might not be. I might be loving the job, but I'm not happy. I'm going to be like, no, you should not be being treated bad on the job or whatever, whatever it is, even if that's not my scenario, my situation. Like, as a lover of God's people, like, if people are hurting, I'm going to be like, they should, we should fix or help in whatever area. I'm not going to be like, man, sit down. This job is fun. I'm having a great time. I don't care what about your issues. I don't care about what you're going through. I don't care that you're hurt. I'm here to just have a great time or I'm here to do what I got to do. Like, I, it, it, it's, it's disappointing to me. I, I say I was disappointed. I don't think you're, um, I don't think you're over, I don't think you're taking it more than it should be because because Phil, come on now, you saying that you coach these men, you've been there for them and for great stints of their lives and you don't care about um, the injustices that they have experienced or that younger guys that came after them are experienced. It just sounds, sounds elitist. It sounds, it sounds um, unattached. It just sounds, I don't know. It sounds like, you know, I don't want to say anymore because whatever rest I got to say, it just sounds like, Phil, you're out of touch. That's what I want to say. Yeah, I would say it's definitely um, someone who is not necessarily out of touch with the game of Mm -hmm. basketball, but out of touch with mankind and Mm -hmm. not caring for your fellow neighbor yes phil jackson what people like because some people wouldn't know all of these things right about phil jackson but i'll try to give people who might not know phil jackson um just a quick recommend go watch the last dance if you haven't he is arguably known as one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time and not just in the game of basketball but like greatest coaches greatest coaches of all time any sport any age group, any demographic. For the Chicago Bulls, people will remember him winning six NBA championships, um, being led by, of course, him as the coach, but also being with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen for six of those. And then I know uh, Sabrina highlighted Dennis Rodman. He was there for the second half of those, that second three-peat. 
um, that they won in Chicago. People also know him as being the one who won five NBA championships, three with Shaq, three more with the Lakers, with Shaq and Kobe, and then winning two more with Kobe um, leading a team of what some what people consider Paul Gasol and a bunch of no names. Also, what some might not remember is that he also played for the New York Knicks, where his team was surrounded by melanated individuals and essentially black people when he won two other championships. I want to say in the 60s or the 70s, whatever it was, but I know it was back in the day, like when he played for the New York Knicks. So it's a person who, as a player and a coach, has won 13 championships in a sport that is predominantly um, people of color. This is also a person who currently or at the time of these statements and for the past six or seven years where he dates um, or is in a committed relationship, so to speak, with Jenny Buss, who is like the president and the CEO of the Los Angeles Lakers organization. Oh, I didn't and know I that. Know, yeah, so they still are in a relationship, been in a relationship. Jenny? I don't know her. I need to find out about her. Yeah, Jenny, like 61 and feel like 75, 76, something like that, 77, 78. Yeah. But, you know, that's a business. They handle their stuff. They all grown. Um, let them do what they do. But she is the president and controlling owner. Um, she took over um, after her dad passed away and her and her siblings used to have these little fiascos. But the dad was always like, your daughter going to run the show as far as the operations. And you might hear people talk about Jenny Buss, especially like the LeBrons or the ADs and all of them, or Kobe, he was a big fan of hers. And that was what some would say was part of the reason she took over after the dad passed away because of her relationship with Kobe and him always trusting her wisdom or her trusting his wisdom on the way that the team should operate and function. So this is a person who, as far as a player, I'm thinking of like a LeBron James who, man, my owner's significant other feels like our time and our commitment and our investment and our processing in our league or our association taking a stance on injustice in our world or in our country more specifically is unimportant. And it was tasteless. And it brought him as one of the greatest coaches ever in the world to a point of not wanting to watch the game anymore. But this is also somebody who used to consider players thugs and gangsters and like, you know, like this is not necessarily new to him. Um, so this oh, is not necessarily a shocker. Um, yeah, like early 2000s, people will see in some of the articles, y'all can just Google it, like of uh, Phil Jackson calling players gangsters. Like when, when the, I guess you could say the NBA and hip hop begin to mesh as a, I guess you could say a outlet for people, you would see athletes with baggy clothing and jewelry and looking like what some would say hip hop stars. And it's like, where did this come from? Like, why do we have this? And he's like, they're all dressed in like gangsters and thugs. And yes, thank you, David Stern, for instilling a dress code. And now you sometimes see some of the same, but for the most part, it, it shifted the culture in the NBA where you started seeing people come to games with suits and ties and buttons up and all of those things. And then it kind of got a little more lax because of some of the prominent players saying like, why? Like, I'm coming to work. Like, my work is me being in a T-shirt and basketball shorts. Why do I have to wear a suit and tie? Like, that's not my job. My job is a basketball player. Like, I'm not a businessman. Tell your coaches they get dressed like that or tell your front office personnel they should dress like that. So they became a little more lax. And that's why you see sometimes see some of the crazy outfits and dress codes or some of the crazy, like the Russell Westbrook, you just put in like Kyle Kuzma, last name K-U-Z-M-A, and just put in Kyle Kuzma dress code or dress. Like, and you'll see just the... The unique creativity, I was about to say the weirdness, but I'm not going to judge him, but the unique creativity of what some people put on to go to work. Um, but so I'm not shocked. You hear the quote of like, you know, um, when people show you who they are the first time, believe them. And this is somewhat of a pattern. And I think 
while we didn't necessarily see this when he had a Michael Jordan on his team or his teammates or Kobe or Shaq or Scotty is because those things was just transactional. It was business in that point. And I know we mentioned of him seeing uh, Dennis Rodman, seeing him as like a father figure or somebody who really cared. And that was part of what I would see as the business, because in these moments where you have these one on one conversations on a podcast, when you get to be intimate, I think you reveal who you truly are, like that deep inside of you. But then when you're around people, those statements probably wouldn't come out. Like he's probably not saying that to a Dennis Rodman of like, I hate that you guys are doing this or now, granted, this is the current NBA, but he probably wouldn't say that to LeBron. He's probably not going courtside and say, I don't even know why I'm here because I don't like that we have this. And it's the same thing with the NFL. The NFL for however long said that there's no racism. And I think we mentioned this on the podcast before, but the NFL went on to say there's no racism in the NFL. There's no blackballing Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. There's no injustice that's happening. But you know what? We're going to donate. I think it's like excess of X amount of millions every year. I don't want, I don't know the number off the top of my head. So I don't want to just you send out. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to mandate that any every NFL team put in racism on the back of their NFL end zone. But it's like, oh, I thought I thought it wasn't a problem. Oh, you also know we're going to enforce or we're going to increase this ruining rule where if you have a vacant leadership position in your front office or in your head coaching staff where you have to interview, I want to say it's two or three, it might be two, but you have to you have to interview a minimum of this amount of people of color because there was a history of the NFL not even giving minorities an opportunity to interview for certain roles. But I thought it wasn't a problem. I thought it wasn't an issue in our world. I thought it wasn't nothing in the NFL that had these challenges. And it just sucks that you have to continue going through these things in life. Um, yeah. So Phil Jackson, for your statements, um, you trash. Shout out to what you did as a coach and the impact of the lives of people you made through those years. But your statements and your character and your heart um, is super trash. And I hope you heal what whatever hurt has been done to you, if any. Um, and I hope you find a way to in the words of Kanye, find God. One of the biggest insults to someone, even though it's so genuine, Evie, and I know it comes from your heart, but that I hope you heal. <laughs> that, that, that cut me deep. <laughs> and the find God on top of it. I'm going to start using that. If I ever, if God blesses me to become a parent, and I have to spank that behind. I pray I never do, but it's going to be a I hope you heal moment. <laughs> that tickled me, and it tickled me right into um, this week's scripture from Judges. Now, the next three will probably come from Judges. Every week when I read, I find something, but there are three things in Judges that already, I'm not even all the way through, that just have me rolling. The first it's kind of related to the sandals moment. We're in Judges chapter one, verses five through seven. They caught up with my master Bezek there and fought him. They smashed the Canaanites and the Pezzarites. My master Bezek ran, but they gave chase and caught him. They cut off his thumbs and big toes. My master Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to crawl under my table, scavenging. Now God has done to me what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Now, first of all, there's a lot of mass murder going on, a lot of war because the people of Israel are like, oh, God said this land is ours. So either uh, submit to us or we're going to hit you with the holy curse. We're going to kill everybody down from the cattle to the baby to everybody. I did not know or I did not remember from my other time readings that the cutting off of the thumbs and the big toes was a part of 
journey. I just found that hilarious. Something about taking somebody's sandal and cutting off their big toe and their thumb. Like I get the thumb because if you don't have a thumb, you know, it's hard to grab stuff. But is the big toe really out here doing that much work? And I know I sound hypocritical because at the beginning of this episode, I talked about how all parts of the body matter and don't make one part have to prove themselves. But really the big toe, just found that hilarious. Evie, what are you expounding on today? I am expounding on just similar to what we talked about earlier. So we're not going to dive too much into it, but mainly just um, go to where you're celebrated and not where you are, um, not where you're tolerated. Um, I also want to say that um, I pray that our governor, our governor, Ron DeSantis, I'm speaking for Floridians right now, pray that our governor heals. Um, We have a lot of other issues going on in our state, and it seems like he has a real deal infatuation with control and authority and bothering Disney um, all the time. And just like it's other issues going on in our state, like the housing crisis and increase or spiked interest rates or terrible people. Um, I don't say terrible people, mainly terrible builders and just the advantage that they're taking over rental hikes. It's just other stuff that we can be addressing as a state um, senseless. And I say senseless just because of the amount of people who seem to come to an early demise for street racing and making examples out of these people. Now, I'm not the one to say throw people in jail um, because I know what jail can do. And I know the the way that people are institutionalized and how they some, not all, but how some people come out and they are never in a sense, the same person. Now I know some people are like, Oh, well, they shouldn't be the same person. They should be different. Now I'm not talking about like they get out and then they're just like better and like more productive or rehabilitated people of society, but it's like they get out and then they're just like downcast and depressed and filled with anxiety and paranoia and everything is a trigger so to speak for them and they begin to have these episodes it's like there's other ways to help people um heal so my challenge for our listeners today mainly is as you continue to go throughout life surround your people with people surround yourselves with people who care about you people who will speak life into you and people who will support you but also challenge you in areas that are not reflective of who you say you want to be Um, And not necessarily say who you are, but who you want to be as those people are helping you get to those goals or those dreams or those plans that you often speak highly of. But for whatever reasons, you are you're not challenging yourself or stretching yourself to that next point. So just make sure you choose your circle wisely, because those are the people that will be there through the highs and the lows. And they'll help you get to where you want to be at and continue to trust in God and all that you do. Sharika Sabrina, what are we recommending for the people? I'm recommending a special on uh, Netflix, The Light We Carry, Michelle Obama and Oprah Winfrey. Mm, that's a good one. I um our first our I was gonna say our first lady. She's still my first lady. Uh our former first lady, Michelle Obama. I always love her wisdom, I always love her spirit and so i'm recommending that you guys check that out on netflix thank you i didn't realize it was up there so i will definitely check that out that might be a little good time snuggle up this weekend and and watch that um i i promise this is not a petty recommends but it's actually really really good i'm recommending a podcast it is entitled prosecuting donald trump 
uh, a veteran prosecutor, Andrew Wiseman and Mary McCord, they discuss and dissect the cases against former President Donald Trump. And they do it from a lawyer's perspective. They are phenomenal. I believe both of them have been federal prosecutors. One, Andrew, is a professor of law at New York University. And they just teach me a lot about the system in general, how these things work. Every episode is about a different uh, case against Trump. So the first was about the indictment and then the Manhattan arraignment and then um, the Trump offensive. And then what's happening this past week with the civil rape case that's getting underway. So if you're interested in what's going on with that, I think once again, they do it from um, a perspective without bias. They're just talking about the facts and the system and the different angles that the defense and the uh, prosecutors and all that might come from. And I just find it very interesting. So prosecuting Donald Trump. Did, like I might be late on this and maybe somebody else already knew it, but did did we all know that Kanye West had got married? Um, I knew it because I saw it in headlines maybe as far back as two months ago. It's been a while, but from what I read, it was just a ceremony. It wasn't like real. Okay. I was gonna say I saw, I heard, but I didn't know if it was legit or if it was just what people were assuming happened. So allegedly, him and Bianca, I wasn't gonna expound on this, and I'm not really, but it's like, <laughs> I didn't know he was. I was just like, what's going on in the world? As I'm just browsing as we wrap up, and I'm like, I didn't even know he was married, but he got some wife named Bianca Sensory or Sensory. I don't know how to say her name, but that's one thing. Um, another one is, uh, which is not necessarily a recommend, but it's something to think about. Well, I'm, I'm going to turn it into a recommend. My recommend is for you to make sure you are staying consistent with your health checkup. So this is not a movie. This is not a show. This ain't no Netflix, no Hulu. This ain't no book to go read. This ain't none of that. Like set that appointment with your eye doctor, your medical doctor, like whoever, your dermatologist, your you're out, like whoever urologist, whatever you're dealing with, set that appointment. And this comes to the attention of um, just what seems to be either a stroke or a heart attack or whatever, some medical situation that happened with Jamie Foxx um, on the set of a movie that he was filming. And I know a lot of people became very outraged because something happened. He was essentially hospitalized or in some form of a coma state for some time um, or something along that where he had to be revived. And the team of producers just doing a stunt double, a stunt double, and they continued filming and wrapped up the film in eight days while he was in the hospital, essentially fighting for his life. Again, it goes back to what we talked about. Go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Now, granted, probably in his contract, I know some people were upset, but probably was his contract where if something were to happen or if he had to go do something, that filming would continue, I would assume. I might be wrong, but I know these days, like everything is in, as best as possible in some form of black and white, but it's really to say, take care of yourself. That's my recommendation because with or without you, things will go on. Um, and I might be different for different situations. Like in your family, things might be a little challenging where it might be like, oh, snap, this person ain't gonna be able to survive. Like they can't cook, they can't clean, they can't do this, they can't do that. This person don't drive in the family. So how, like, but things will go on with or without you. If you were to leave your job, if God forbid you were to die, if something were to happen, it's a great chance that your job, your role, your place of employment will be looking to fill your position effective immediately. Now, it might not happen tomorrow. Like, let's be real. Like people in your workplace, yes, they might mourn you and they might try to, you know, they have the tears, they beat up for your family, but 
essentially your job will get, whether it be somebody else building those responsibility or a whole new person coming in to do those things. But like, you know, you have to take care of yourself. Stop driving yourself to, um, I guess you could say, stop driving yourself to an early grade by the way that you live your life. So eat well, go ahead and set up that appointment for your wellness check. Take care of yourself because it's, it's about you. These people don't care nothing about y'all. They definitely don't. Do what you got to do for you. That's what we got for y'all this week. As always, if anything pops up on your radar, your news feed, your text thread, your lovely family conversations, your dinner chats, however life be life in for you. If there's something you would like us to dive in on, chime in on, talk about, rap about, discuss, expound on, let it be a topic um, for us. We would love to hear that from you, whether that be in the comments, whether that be in messaging, whether that be a text message, it can be however you know how to get in contact with us for the most part. If you don't, you can always go to our lovely Instagram, um, the kickback on Instagram, and you can see our, I guess you could say emoji style pictures of us three beautiful people and reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. That's all we got. As always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back.